Welcome to the BYOK Live, where we discuss the trending stories, strangest dilemmas, and real-life topics. Okay now, lovelies, let's get into some things. Hello, hello, hello. It is Renita from BYOK, and it is 10.55 Eastern Time on October 18th. So I am so excited to announce that BYOK will be playing on the Fluent Radio platform in the third week of November. What is that? See, I ain't even have any days ready. It will probably be <laughs> the twenty the twenty second of November, Thanksgiving week. So super excited about that. Um, I'm rearranging my schedule. I feel like I'll go live on Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe a little bit more because BYLK will be on a break for the next um two after after Tuesday of neck of next week. Um we'll be on a two week um sabbatical, but that's okay. I'll still try to have some things ready for you to watch um, and just replay some old episodes for you to just tune into while I'm gone. So how was your Wednesday? This is a pretty good Wednesday for me. Um, Pretty busy, but not to the point of like exhaustion. It's like a good busy. You know, we are just getting getting into some things that, you know, I've been trying to get into. So it's been a pretty good Wednesday. So let me know how your Wednesday has been so far. Well, your week. Today is Tuesday. First of all, my bad. Well, <laughs> let me know how your day has been because it's clearly the end of the day. All right. With all of that being said, um, if you are on YouTube, please subscribe, hit that like and notification button. You can always follow me on all social me- social media platforms at Be Your Own Kind Twenty Four, and be sure to to connect on the website www.beyourownkind.com. Um, also, if you love my content and you love what I do and you want to support the platform, go to Kofi.com backslash be your own kind 24, which is ko-fi.com backslash be your own kind 24. Okay, y'all, let's get into the show. that was a little speedy than normal did you did it feel like it was a little fast i felt like it was okay so (laughs) yesterday like last night i stayed up to like one o'clock in the morning trying to binge watch this show called the watcher on netflix have you seen it it is very quirky and it's about like basically somebody sending letters like cryptic letters to get people to pretty much sell this beautiful house or whatever and so this was kind of loosely based on uh, a true story which i find very disturbing and uh, <laughs> courtesy of the Inquirer, it says the watcher adds a pinch of showbiz to the true story of the broadest so um so it says, as insane as it sounds, the most crucial element of The Watcher are true. The Broadduses, renamed The Braddocks, the Netflix true crime series, received scary letters, had creepy neighbors, and never caught the person who was terrorizing their lives. 
everything else, well, that's showbiz, baby. In reality, Derek and Maria Bratis never even moved into the house after receiving the most horrifying anonymous letter of all time. Only in Hollywood do characters do brazenly dumb things like not selling the house immediately. In real life, you get the hell out. Well, I'm glad to know that in real life, they didn't stay there and be terrorized. And there was like a tunnel in the house. And I love like, like mysteries and things like that. So I was super intrigued only to be upset like man like who did this like we'll never know whatever unless they do a second season I mean why not so um before the new Netflix series their story was made famous after it was published in the cut it all started back in 2014 when the Broadduses closed on a 1.3 million dollar six bedroom house at 655 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Maria Broaddus grew up in the neighborhood and the family was moving out of New York to raise their three children. It was two children in the show. Uh, Derek Broaddus was a senior vice president at an insurance company who had just celebrated his 40th birthday. The family planned to do renovations on the house before moving in and they would only drive in from the city to meet with the contractors to decide on paints. Um, samples. It was during this time that the Broadduses started to receive threatening letters. One night at around 10 p.m., Derek was reading a letter addressed anonymously from a new neighbor signed The Watcher. The letter stated that The Watcher was waiting for the second coming of their house. <laughs> what? Which belonged to their family for generations. They also asked, do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? Stating that they would find out. The watcher shied with them about how the renovations would make the house unhappy, revealed that they were watching them and their children every day, and thanked them for bringing young blood to the house. Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw to them to me, the letter read. Bone-chilling stuff in real. While there are some leaves, including a neighbor who married someone who used to live at the property the watcher's identity was never uncovered of course many events in the netflix the watcher such as discovering secret tunnels and a neighbor hiding in your house were completely fabricated for the series there also was never any murder that took place in the house across the street the brothers simply stopped bringing their children to the house and tried to sell as quick as possible it took five years but the family eventually sold the house in 2019 after reading everything there is no way i'm going in that house a prospective buyer once told them according to ew the new family who moved in at 655 boulevard never received a single letter from the watcher the brothers still live in westfield just in a non-scary house that is crazy and i wonder why it was such an attack on the brothers and not the new buyer but then they said that she grew up there so maybe it was somebody that she personally knew i don't know child but that <laughs> that was a um a very spooky spooky um yet um entertaining show on netflix so um if you are into stuff like that please check out the watcher on netflix just please check them out all right so our next um subject is about somebody i don't even know when i heard of bella um hadid she was listed as the most beautiful person in the world so this is all i know about this lady but she has a TikTok sound that is triggering people with eating disorders so it says problematic on um courtesy of daily dot 
Problematic on TikTok is a weekly column that unpacks the troubling trends that are emerging on a popular platform and runs on Tuesdays in the Daily Docs. I don't know. So let us crawl the web for you. Let's get to the point. In case you missed it, TikTok is obsessed with Bella Hadid and now her voice has gone viral, but TikTokers aren't necessarily using it for good. A TikTok audio of Hadid saying, my name, my name is Bella Hadid, has been used in over 40,000 TikTok videos. Many have used it to make jokes about themselves displaying model behavior like being complimented for their natural features. But the majority of the trend pokes fun at behavior, behavior stereotypically associated with modeling, like disordered eating. Hadid's voice is heard over videos about TikTokers saying, TikTokers that, saying that they only ate gum for breakfast, they don't eat breakfast, um, they're only drinking water during the day, they feel thinner after vomiting, and even refrain from eating um, from multiple videos. While these videos are clearly made in jest, they can be activating for those who have actual eating disorder, so it's not really funny. You know what I'm saying? So the TikToks are also harmful in general because they normalize disorder eating habits. So here is the um the 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 sound because I don't think I've ever heard it on my TikTok. I don't know why it's not in my algorithm, but I guess that's good. So let's hear what the sound says. So my name, my name is Bella Hadid. So, so my name, my name my eating disorder. So a lot of people are like, like I said, they're making um, jokes about it. However, it's triggering people that have eating disorders, which is not cool. Now, the irony of this is she has struggled with, um, she's actually had eating disorders. And so a lot of people, I think this is why her name on the sound is associated with um, the eating disorders on TikTok. So it says Bella from the heart only on health struggles, happiness and everything in between. Um, Segment in Egyptian mythology was the goddess of war. We're not going to read all of that. Let's get into her health issue. So um, uh, uh, where is it at? She shield armor. Basically, she had health issues, and she um, here it is. Bella didn't dare speak to colleagues about depression, anxiety, and Lyme disease. So she had that. She blames a habit of people pleasing, but does not let the fashion world possess of what it looks like. Is don't ask, don't tell attitude about mental health. So basically, she experienced some mental health. I'm not gonna read all of this. Some mental health and some physical health challenges, and I think this is why she is um, associated with eating disorders on TikTok. Look. That is nothing to really play about. That is a real thing. That is a real thing. And I know that um, TikTok has a lot of um, sens sensationalism going on with it, but um, we got to be careful. Like, even, like as we go on into the show, we just got to be careful about the stuff that we, we put out there into the world because you don't want to be like sending someone off the roof, you know? Um, so let's get into a happy subject here. <laughs> Um, courtesy of the Shade Room, Virginia Stand Up. Missy Elliott returns home to Portsmouth for her street dedication ceremony. Now, you probably have seen this all over. I think this is super dope. I think Missy Elliott is super dope. I think she should actually get the girls, all the rap ladies together, put them in a room, and talk to them because I've never known her to be in like an obvious feud. Anyway, so we need you, Missy. So, anyway. 
So Portsmouth and seven cities community showed up, showed up and showed out for Missy Elliott. Today, the legend came home for her street dedication ceremony, and it was lit. Trey Songs was there, and North Folk State University's band, along with others, performed in the parade. So this is her on the Missy Elliott Boulevard. This is the band. Oh, it's nice. Okay, Trey. And you know, she's endured a lot. She's had a lot of physical, physical complications too. Um, but yet she still is pumping out dope music. She was before her time. Like I really believe. That Missy Elliott, hey, you gotta be quiet. That Missy Elliott really was before her time. So kudos to her. Any, I'm glad that she is consistently and constantly getting her flowers while she is here. So before we get into another subject, let's get into a commercial. Hey Y'all, it's your girl Miss Michi checking in with my girl Renita from Be Your Own Kind. You know that's my sis. Make sure that you tune in every Thursday to the Blueprint Live at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Live on Facebook and YouTube. And then you can catch me on Florent Radio, Philly Jams 95.3, Indie 101.5, and Mixed Talk Media. And I'm available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, okay, and your radio shows. So get on it, okay? Hey, let's do this. I love to connect with you and promote what you got going on. Let's get it. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Blueprint Live, visit the bpmediacode.com today. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, we're back. Make sure that you can connect with Miss Michi. Um, you can she is on um Instagram, she is on TikTok and Miss Michi and at Miss Michi. If you want to email her for any of her services, you can go to contact at Miss Michi. Dot com. Yes, I am a little tired today. If you like, man, your energy is a little, a little off. It is because, <laughs> um, but that's okay. I'm here to give the show, and I'm actually talking about um things that I just I didn't get a chance to like fully prepare. So bear with me. But I was talking with Miss Michi. Speaking of Miss Michi, about Glorilla. Like my first time even hearing about her was the song that she just did with Cardi B like a couple of weeks back, which I actually like. I like that song. However, um, apparently she's been out before, you know, she collaborated with Cardi B. And I don't know if the success of that hit has got people, um, you know, have her as a conversation. But this is basically what happened. So it says, oop, founder of Power ENT breaks down FNF deal with Glorilla and also calls out Yo Gotti for trying to take credit away from him and Hit Kid. She doesn't own the song and never will. Why does everything from Memphis need to go to CMG? Okay, let's dive into it. Let's see what's going on so I can give my little my little opinion. So uh so it says neighbors, the FNF drama has social users a bit confused Sunday evening. I like me. Although the song is what put Glorilla on a lot of listeners' playlists, it looks like litigation has began between CMG, who Glorilla is signed to, and Anthony Holmes, who is Hit Kid, who reportedly owns the song and is refusing to give up the rights. And why should he? Kadeem Phillips, founder of Power Entertainment and longtime friend and business associate of Hit Kid, says Glow never owned the song. Kid gave up 50% of the masses and 50% of the publishing for FNF directly to Glow. So she has 50% rights and he has 50% rights. So this is the context here. 
So he said, we actually did everything to protect Glow from the industry and herself. So Glow independently collects money for FNF. It's all hers. She just doesn't own the song and never will. We actually saved her from losing millions and Glow was able to get a deal without having to sell her independent record. FNF was created to help all the girls not for CMG. So it was to protect her so she can still get some income because once you get into those... um those record deals they pretty much take a huge chunk of all of that you do so they caught they said they were protecting her so glow and hit kid gets 50 percent split evenly of all the money brought in on fnf unfortunately cmg froze all of the money even glows money in their latest claim to us so if she hasn't seen her money Tell her to ask her label about it since she sold her masters in publishing to them. Oh, no, Glow. No. Kadeem also called out Yo Gotti for not congratulating he and the hit kid for doing good business with Glow and wanting to take credit for the song's success. What is this song? Why would you not want to tell that story? Why does everything from Memphis need to go through CMG? Why does Gotti have to take credit for everything? Even Michael Jordan had to make room for Kobe Bryant, he wrote. Okay, they say, what are our thoughts? Well, let's read this. So, Kadeem Phillips says, is this on one thing? Here it is. Let me address this from the business side because I see a lot of confusion. End of the day, Anthony Holmes did great business. He gave a 50% of the masses. I think this is everything we just read. Um, and 50% of the publishing for NFF directly to Glow. We actually did everything to protect Glow from the industry and herself. Okay, we read all of this. Uh... Is this everything that we just read? Luckily, Hit Kid still owns the song. Okay, we read all of that. So then it says, stop us from doing great business and creating a pipeline of success for, successful for Memphis. This will definitely get handled and was a pathetic way for a black man from Memphis to attack another black man from Memphis over a song he wasn't around to even help create. End of the day, we making the public to educate. This could, this could have easily been you. Here, he calls out Yo Gotti and CMG. He says, my biggest question is why Gotti couldn't be happy for us. Two young black men from Memphis created something timeless independently by doing good business and smart deals with a group of women who no one would give the time of day but Hit Kid. Why would you not want to tell the story? Why does everything from Memphis need to go to CMG? We read that already. He said, why would anyone jump in the middle of something this special and destroy it for his own gain? Money, of course. Why is this the reality of our city? And we wonder why it took us years to get any recognition for our sound. Look at our so-called industry leaders, Anthony Holmes and the future of music. I plan to protect him at all costs. So this is the beginning of the saga. So far from what I read, it looks like they're just like, why are you trying to taint this with greed? You know, taint this moment with greed. We were just trying to protect her. So, of course, as with anything on social media, it didn't end there. So, <laughs> courtesy of the Neighborhood Talk, it says Monique stopped by the neighborhood to share her thoughts about Glorilla and hit, hit, hit kid situation. Now, what is she saying? Okay, let's start over. Everything I do. He want to make it like he created me, and that's not what he is. Like I said, you could have gave it to anybody. Nobody was gonna make Eminem but me. I was the only person that was gonna make Eminem. So stop acting like you discovered me. I gave he could create on multiple occasions. He'll he's a great producer. He just do fuck shit. Like and I was getting mad like I sort of got a crab about this shit before come like you you talk about how people fucked you out of deals and you trying to do me the same way. Like we thought we was cool before all this shit. 
and now you like, like this money and shit making you turn on me, me like you not trying to give me no percentage of the song they lying on here like they trying to fit the 50 and they not so it was crazy like that i never bought the shit to the internet though like the mind been on fuck shit since the first week it blew with sweetie the first day he signed it and didn't tell me he signed it and now he all the with me with me knowing he signed it so what the fuck like this is problem he, he wants want everything, everything I do. Yeah. He, he want to make it like, like he created me. And then, okay, we read that. So Monique Slaughter, who seems to be at everything, it's not she what says, is. girl, I do not effing get it, bro. It's called a split sheet and a writer's association and a publishing house. How y'all noobs get in the game and don't know what the heck a split sheet is, bro? Like, it's irritating at this point because he signed what exactly? To who? For what? And how? And if he's not your manager, why is he in labor me label meetings? He's a beat maker. He makes a beat. He gets a 50% pub split off top. If he had other producers help him, then it's up to him to allocate their percentages out of his 50%. If you are the sole composer, because there's a difference, composer is a writer who puts a melody to the lyrics, then the other 50% is yours. If you are just the writer, then you don't get 50. It's up to y'all to figure out how much your words to his beat and melody are worth percentage-wise. Now, if you didn't pay for the beat, the studio time, and the engineer, then you own zero masters. He's a snake. Okay, well, you should have known how to handle your business, and his beat did create you. Without his beat, there is no FNF, and we wouldn't know you. Hmm. Great perspective. So what she is saying is, you probably should have had a manager and not just taking his word for it. If you didn't pay for, if you didn't put in or invest any money in this, then by right, you don't get any money out of it. But according to, according to Hickit, she had 50%, so she could um, get money off of that. But apparently somehow um, CMG has taken over that 50%. Like he never said he made her. He never said that. Um, so I'm just kind of confused on, on where she's getting, where she's getting that from. So, um, after all of that, um, he did say something else to her and I believe that is the end of this. And then I'll give my little opinion on it. Um, he couldn't go live anymore. So who is talking here? She says, uh, hit kid speaks out to Glorilla situation for the last time. So he says, to clear things up, I offer, courtesy of the shade room, I offered the opportunity for the girls to sign to me so I could still be involved in their careers legally if a deal was presented to them so people wouldn't mess them over. So he says he did this to protect her. I told them I didn't have any money to sign them but would take care of them until I really had the funds. My initial plan was to turn them up and help them get signed. So truly, I'm not salty about nobody signing to anyone. This is about me offering zero dollars. I cannot and have not made any money from FNF yet because it takes time for royalties and everything to add up. Also, I can only collect my portion of the song, which we know is 50%. I cannot and have not made any money from FNF yet because it takes... We read that already. Also, I cannot... I put my manager on game on how to get her signed, but she is signed, so I don't know how, how she would be able to do that. I put her as a primary artist in FNF because it would help her. I was wrong to not have mentioned beforehand that I was doing a distribution deal for the album that we all would agree to. But that FNF is a part of. But nevertheless, I told her about the 50K advance, which I don't owe 
any of the girls, but I was going to break bread after the project just because I have ownership of the song, so I can do whatever I want with the song. He's not giving it up. And why should he? He says, not knowing these people trying to mess me and glow over, I took her and the other girls into meetings to build bridges and people left the labels for future business proposals. I mentioned that we can take the meetings, but we don't have to sign. At this time, I'm also learning as I speak with people at the label, despite me having a little bit of knowledge already, I made the mistake of talking too much in the meetings, which backfired on me and not anyone else. Eventually, I bounced back. Every time I got some game from the meetings, I put the girls on game. I offered my lawyer to her because she needed a lawyer, her deal that was presented to her, but I told her it could be a conflict of interest to use my lawyer so she didn't have to use her if she didn't want to, if she didn't have to use her if she didn't want to. If I didn't say something first, her label would have made me look crazy. All respect will still be given to every party involved because I want to see everyone prosper, so I won't ever speak publicly on this situation anymore, but I'm not bending over for anybody. So here we go. This is my quick two cents on this. It looks like his whole purpose was to protect her and whoever else he did beats for until they got signed. So he was kind of like, I guess, the the label whisperer until they, <laughs> until they signed with the label. And the song went bigger than they thought it went. So she got signed to the label and now the label wants 100% rights of this song. And he's like, no. So he has every right not to give up rights if he doesn't want to it's his money it's his it's studio time it's his it's his engineering you know um he doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want to but that's only 50 percent. so my question is what happened to the 50 percent that went to her if she indeed gave that to her label then that's on her like somehow did how was she finagle out of the 50 percent of the fnm's fnf song and how is it his fault that she signed it over now and when she signed over the 50 percent, did she say okay well we'll maybe we'll just i think i think she gave her 50 percent up in hopes that he would give his 50 percent up to her so she would still get 50 percent off the song and he's like no and in my opinion i feel like he had every right to do that why would i do that why, why would i do that so um my two cents is um yeah when you are in <laughs> deals and you're in stuff like that educate yourself or get a lawyer or a manager or someone that that knows what's going on so you don't get finagled out of your hard work because the industry is for the industry so i just kind of feel like she missed the mark on this part and it kind of sucks for her because um her label is making 50 percent because she so somehow they got her 50 percent her share and this and hit kid is getting 50 percent and now she's fighting to get a morsel from her work you know, she was, he worked on it and she worked it on it, but yet she gets nothing from it. So, um, when you're in the business, you just got, you just, you just got to have coverage. You know, you always have to like save yourself and make sure that you're educated on what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I feel bad for her, but I really do hope that it does work out because at the end of the day, that sucks, you know? So, okay. So we're going to go into a commercial before we get into, huh, before we get into Kanye West, y'all. I'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. People often think anxiety looks one way, but it has many faces and many emotions that sometimes can be overwhelming and daunting. I know about this feeling all too well because at a point I felt powerless to my emotions, almost to the point of drowning in them. So I decided to seek out a therapist to later learn 
that I have generalized anxiety disorder. If you have been experiencing the same feeling, please know that BetterHelp is here to help. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You have the option of talking with a therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in under 48 hours. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific need, and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Then you will schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you get to exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Thanks to therapy, I learned the tools that I needed to conquer my anxiety and over-obsessive thinking. I did it afraid, and I took that leap to talk with someone, to later learn that it was going to be okay and that I was going to be okay. Please know that you can request a new therapist at no additional charge, anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And better yet, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash BYOK. That's betterhelp.com slash BYOK because you deserve it. You definitely do. If you want to try out BetterHelp um, and get 10% off the first month with them, please use this link betterhelp.com backslash BYOK. Yes, and if you are on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, that notification, that like button. If you're on Twitter, please follow me. You know, sharing is caring. Share the video if you like what you say. Okay, so we're going to get into a subject that I keep trying to avoid, but it's constantly, constantly, constantly on my feed, Kanye West. Now, I would just like to preface and say I did not watch that Champs um, interview, even though it is now, like, not on on YouTube, I had no intentions of watching that because I don't think that I could have mentally handled the things that are coming out of his mouth right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I could have handled it, but I did see snippets of some of the craziness that was said. And um, yeah, so <laughs> courtesy of Obarius, if you don't follow him, you should, because he always does these little comics or whatever. And I thought that this was funny because this was me hoping, hoping that this is what happened. You know, like maybe he just needed a chill bill or someone like flipped the switch and he he's just, I just feel like this is just a polar opposite of who we know Kanye to be. Anyway, so this is Kanye saying, they told me I couldn't make pants for marshmallows, but they can't program me. I'm an Autobot out of disguise. This is this is similar to, to the crazy shit he said for real. Your mind is a spaceship and it loves you. Don't let the universe tell you, spaghetti. <laughs> I have a tree zebra. It's not a panda. It's a tree zebra, Wisconsin. And so this dude says, hey, man, eat this, which is a Snickers. And then he said, like, you sound like an effing lunatic when you're hungry. And he said, yep, it looks like I'll be carbo loading from now on. So we're just hoping that, <laughs> that Kanye is still in there somewhere whatever he whatever that is the shell that he's in like he's still in there somewhere so i thought this was just so on point on what we were all thinking like what in the hell is your problem so courtesy of tmz um this is one of the things he said that i wanted to bring up because why why you know so 
George Floyd's daughter announces a $250 million lawsuit um, versus Kanye and sends a cease and desist. And before I get into this story, I did see a TikTok where the guy was like, well, he gave $2 million to uh, George Floyd's daughter. So, and now they want to say something. What does that mean? Because somebody does something for you, that means that they have the key to disrespect you or disrespect the legacy of your family member. Just because somebody does something for you, that does not give them an open door to treat you any kind of way. I just want to put that out there. So anyway, George Floyd's young daughter, her mother, and their legal team are preparing to wage legal war against Kanye, announcing they'll sue him for a quarter of a billion dollars after his recent comments on Floyd's death. Roxy Washington, the mother of Floyd's only daughter, Guyana, announced Tuesday she's hired a team of lawyers to go after Ye, his business partners, and his associates for harassment, misappropriation, defamation, and infliction of emotional distress. And they're, they're seeking $250 million. They already have given him a cease and desist. The letter reads in part, Mr. Floyd's cause of death is well settled through evidence presented in courts of law during the criminal and civil trials that were the result of his untimely and horrific death. Nevertheless, you have maliciously made statements that are inaccurate and unfounded, causing damage to Mr. Floyd's estate and his family. Kanye taking a ton of heat from comments he made on an episode of Drink Champs, claiming George died from a fentanyl overdose and pre-existing conditions instead of Derek Chavon's knee on his neck. And I'm not playing this because I don't want to hear it. The Floyd family says Kanye's statements are blatantly false and malicious. We already said that. In the cease and desist, the family's lawyers demand Kanye remove the interview and all of his similar statements on, on George from the internet and keep Floyd's name out of his mouth. The interview ha is no longer on YouTube. So if you didn't watch it, you missed it. But somebody recorded it. It's somewhere out there. I can promise you that. So here's what the lawyer had to say. So, so what say you about uh, what Kanye said and what the family of George Floyd might do? Well, just personally, I was really extremely disappointed. Uh, and it, it's, it's, I guess, a bit strange to be continually disappointed by Kanye West. But I didn't hear about his statements until Sunday morning when the brother of George Floyd, Clonus, gave me a call and said uh, he was irate. He was extremely hurt by the statements uh, that Kanye West made. Okay. I had to go look up the interview and, and see that he was now blaming it. What is going on? Uh, let's see. Oh, guys, they're going to start over. Okay, while well, we're waiting on that, basically, okay. Do you guys see the cleaner, the cleaning lady? That's a really good show. I know that that's off subject, but that is a really good show. Um, let's see if we can get back to the lawyer after this. Um, shameless plug, Fox. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, what Kanye said and what the family of George Floyd might do. Well, just personally, I was really extremely disappointed. Uh, and it, it's, it's, I guess, a bit strange to be continually disappointed by Kanye West. But I didn't hear about his statements until Sunday morning when the brother of George Floyd, Clonus, gave me a call and said, uh, he was irate. He was extremely hurt by the statements uh, that Kanye West made. I had to go look up the interview and, and see that he was now blaming a drug overdose, a, a, a theory that was well debunked in court, as you all pointed out, something that is clearly not the reason that George Floyd died. He died as a result of Derek Chauvin's knee and the other officers compressing his body in a prone position 
And, and, and now he's promulgating those statements anew uh, in a way that is, it, it almost seemed designed to cause the family distress. And, and, and so they, they reached out to me, specifically his brother, and asked that we begin to investigate whether or not we can restrain him from making such statements and hold him accountable for the misinformation that he's putting out there. How serious are they about doing something against Kanye West? I know that Falonis Floyd, for example, was about it that I said we were considering lawsuit. He is absolutely committed to bringing lawsuit, and I've heard from other members of the family uh, who are represented by various parties saying that they are absolutely 100% bringing, uh, moving forward with litigation against Kanye West and anyone else who would defend George Floyd and his reputation. Part of what makes this so upsetting for the family is that after George was murdered, Kanye West was one of many people, celebrities who reached out, and I believe he even made a donation to pay for uh, George's daughter's college tuition. Um, so I know there was some appreciation that was expressed by the family back then, and then now to hear him saying things like this. You know, that, that actually did come up in the conversation I had with Lawrence. Uh, a part of the conversation was Wanda Cooper Jones, Ahmaud Arbery's mother, and those families, the Floyd family and the Arbery family are friends. And when this kind of injury takes place and someone uh, undermines their movement, they support each other. The two of them called me together and they said that they saw Kanye West as a friend. And that's why this was personal for them, uh, that it wasn't just some random person who hasn't had an action family who didn't look on support to make this thing. But this was someone who has often their support in the past, which almost legitimizes his extreme views and, and, and uh, you know, they've asked that. Um, with that in mind, that we pursue litigation against Kanye. That's why I think this is so backwards because he walked, he was in Chicago when there was a protest. So he walked during the George Floyd uh, protest. He donated money to, you know, to the, like, and it's just so weird. Like, he's just going super right. And I don't know if he's just doing this for a wow factor, but it comes to the point of, when you're just irresponsible with your influence, like you're irresponsible with your platform and your impact and how you are like, <laughs> like just single-handedly like pissing everybody off and stepping on people's toes and, and desecrating like pain and past trauma just for the sake of being, being you, like what is your end goal? And I said this before, in a past um, episode, like, what is your end goal? What are you trying to, what are you trying to convey? And what are you trying to do besides just continuously, like, shred your legacy and shred your reputation within the Black community? Because can he come back from this? He's been able to bounce from bounce back from a lot of stuff that he's done and a lot of stuff that he said but can he bounce back from this? I honestly do not think so. Like, I honestly really do not think so. And the reason why this is just like a, um, like a pain in the neck is because this stuff is still happening in present day. So does that does that just minimize things that are happening happening present day? For instance, like uh, Yahim um, McCullen, which I'm going to talk about later, you know, where he was just shot down for no reason, McMillan, I'm sorry, but he was just shot down for no reason, you know, like, what? So we'll get into that in a little bit, but Jaguar Wright, she said something that, um, that, that resonated with me about Kanye, and um, if you saw the Genius Netflix, this is the Kanye that we knew, 
we don't really know who the heck this person is right now. But um, Jaguar Wright says this post is in no way co-signs anti um uh, I can't say anti-Semitism, um, hate speech against any race and culture, or Candace Owens for that matter. These are simply my personal views on what I do connect to regarding the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Jesus. So after watching the Drink Champs conversation featuring Ye, as he prefers to be called now, thanks Jaguar, I had to double back and witness this bio doc once more, especially taking into consideration Ye himself admitted he didn't sign off on the project, which threw me for a loop, seeing how intimate some of the footage was. Eureka, this is why I pay attention to a good share of Ye's commentary. Truth is, call him crazy all you want. There is a great method to his madness. When he was Kanye, just before he would announce for release something new, this man would pull the most outrageous stunts. Guess what? It works like magic every time. The public falls for it. Then they eat it up just to vomit it all over the, over the internet about how crazy and reckless he is. His biggest haters wear his clothes and his shoes as well as buy his music. And guess what else? If Ye decided to design space lasers, they would all buy them too. I agree. I just hope people really listen to what he's actually saying. And I can tell he's still holding back on some of the details of his reality. I totally get it. The difference between Ye and myself at this time in life is he's a billionaire and I'm not. I must be one of the bravest because if he's talking about killers coming for him with all the protection billions can provide, then my personal security has to be top priority for a non-billionaire like myself. The evil that feeds the game is real. Trust me, it ain't all entertainment. I'm praying for you, yay. Not praying on you. May God continue to bless and keep you as well. All in love. I... I get what she's saying, but I don't. Like, I still don't know what the end... Like, I'm... If people are still supporting him after all of this, then I just really don't understand it. Like, I do love his music, and I'm sitting here as a diehard Kanye fan, and I have went to bat for him. I have had a, presented a rebuttal for everything he's done in the past. I just don't understand this. And instead of ridiculing him, I literally do pray for him because... I don't know what's going on. I do not know what's going on. And neither one and none of us do. You know, and instead of like giving this power and feeding it throughout the internet, I think if people don't react when things like this happen, maybe it'll stop. You know, but people are not going to not react because he does it for the sake of a reaction. You know what I'm saying? Um I, like I was telling my friend, I'm like, I think you know, when a person get away with something for so long, all you're doing is making them more invincible by the second, more invincible by the second. So, okay, when he did, when he said, you know, Bush don't like black people, we laughed it off. When the Taylor Swift thing happened, we like, we laughed it off. Then it just kept getting high. Then when he said we chose, like, black people chose slavery, we was like, dude, you tripping. Dude, you tripping. Ha, 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 ha. And we just kept continuing and kept continuing. And so we're feeding the madness every time that we're paying attention and giving energy to the crazy stuff that's being said. So um, I before I get off of him, I just wanted to get into why we all fell in love with him in the first place. These are 45 quotes. I'm only going to read the first five because I just I just. I just had to take my mind back there. Like when one of his uh, first, one of his first quotes is, "We're all self-conscious." I'm just the first to admit it. 
My greatest pain in life is that I will never be able to see myself perform life. Oh, life. Okay. Nothing in life is promised except death. I still think I am the greatest. It's his ego. You see his ego. I'll say things that are serious and put them in a joke form so people can enjoy them. We laugh to keep from crying. But it was something on here he said about his ego um, that I really think that recognize and embrace your flaws so you can learn from them. Sometimes it takes a little polishing to truly shine. But it was something that he said about his ego. And I put it on my Twitter. Matter of fact, it'll be easier for me to find it. And I think that this best explains him because one thing about him is I think he knows himself. He just doesn't know how to save. He doesn't know how to save him from him. You know, like he knows that this is this is out of control, but he let I feel like he lacks the endurance to save save him from himself. But anyway, he said to himself, he said, one of the biggest Achilles heel has been my ego. And if I, Kanye West, can remove my ego, I think there's hope for everyone else. So when you're battling with ego and when you're battling with bipolar and you're battling with depression and trauma and whatever else he's going through, all you can do is pray for a person like that. You know, so what are your thoughts on that that situation? And I'm like, I don't even want to talk anymore about that. So I kind of feel like after, <laughs> after you know, kind of like hit kid, like after that, I just don't have any more comments. All I'm doing is sending positive energy and prayers his way to his his kids and things of that sort because I don't know. It, it just, just doesn't seem like him. So speaking, and since we are here, and this is why Black Lives Matter is important, Um like I said earlier, this is um, courtesy of CNN. The fatal shooting of a 15-year-old boy by police in Mississippi is under state investigations. So the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations has launched a probe regarding a police officer shooting and killing a teenager earlier this month in the city of Gulfport. Police says as attorneys for the teen's family call for video footage of the incident to be released. Law enforcement officers responded to a 911 call on October 6th of multiple people in a vehicle brandishing fire firearms. Um, Gulfport Police Chief Adam Cooper said it was a news briefing this week when police arrived and made contact with the vehicle. Members of the group left the vehicle and attempted to flee. An officer then fired at an armed suspect identified by the police as Jaheem McMillan, who pointed a weapon in their direction. McMillan, 15, was struck in the head and later died after being taken off life support, according to a news release. Life, he was taken off life support without his mother's consent, FYI, um, according to the news release. The officer who fired and struck McMillan has been placed on non-enforcement duties. Why is he still working? The Mississippi Bureau of Investigations is currently assessing this critical incident and gathering evidence. Upon completing their investigation, agents will share their findings with the local attorney general's office. Police have not publicly released any footage of the shooting. Crump calls on officials to release all video so that we can see with our own eyes what transpired on that tragic night. This child had his whole life ahead of him. The bullets from those officers took all possibility of that away in an instant, Crump said. While much remains unknown about this case, we fully intend to put pressure on officials in Mississippi until the family gets the answers they need and deserve. So because this is such a... um. I feel it's cut and dry and that the officers were wrong. I found a video that I wanted to play um, that explained more in detail, like what happened. And, and even on the family's Instagram, 
there are actually like witnesses that are saying what happened yet it's under thorough um thorough investigation so before i play it this is just the copyright disclaimer under section 107 of the copyright act of 1976 allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism uh comment news reporting scholarship and research fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute statute that might otherwise be infringing so let me share this and share the sound and we're just going to listen to the public defender who is um, actually giving more detail on what happened. So here we go. But on, on October, October 6th, Jaheim McMillan, a 15-year-old, went to his family dollar down the block from his own house. He walked out. Multiple eyewitnesses have said this. He walked out of the family dollar with his hands up when he saw the police. Hands up. Nothing in his hands. And they shot that 15-year-old boy in the head and left his body there and handcuffed him. And then when his mother came to the scene, they tried to handcuff his own mother. They shot that child eight times. Eight times they shot that child. And then... When, when he was put, put on life, life support, support, his mother says that he was removed off of life support without his mother's permission. permission. They, they pulled, they, they shot and killed the child and they took him off of life support. I'm Ray and welcome back to Rebel HQ. HQ. That, that was, was public defender and political commentator Alaini Olerin sounding the alarm on the brutal police murder of Jaheem McMillan. 15-year-old Jaheem was walking out of Family Dollar when he saw the police put his hands in the air and then was shot in the head eight times. Times. The, the police then handcuffed his dead body and left him laying on the sidewalk. Despite, despite the fact that there are multiple eyewitness accounts that corroborate that he had his hands in the air when he was shot and that his hands were empty, there was no weapon. Those stories have been suppressed by the police and by social media. Oleran stated in her video that the mother's social media accounts have been limited, so she's not able to get these videos out, but she wants them to be spread far and wide. Here are two eyewitness accounts. From, from the day of Jaheem's murder. So you, you, you said, said you saw what happened? I saw the cop shoot the guy. Did he, he have a gun, gun on him? I did not see a gun on him. And he, the, the baby, baby was, was coming, coming out, out the store. Jaheem was coming out the store. And my other son, with his hands up? His hands up. Was he asked for his hands up? Pardon me? Was he asked to put his hands up? I did not hear that. I had just pulled in. And so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. He came out surrendering, yet he got shot in his head for eight times. Okay, Let, let's go to the second uh, witness. Man, look at the little man up there on the ground, man. By the door, man. The police over there shot the mother man. Child had nothing in his hand, man. What type of Man, what, what type, type of, of man? Man, nothing, man, man, look at him. Shot the man in the head. Shot him in the head, bro. I'm sitting. I'm sitting here watching. The kid ain't had nothing in his head, man. This, this what the police out here doing, man. Y'all had let these kids run these streets. This what the going on, man. These kids, these motherfuckers doing this. That's so sad, man. Then they gonna handcuff him, bro. Then still got a handcuff. 
Hey, man. Man. Here you see the witness from the previous video enter the scene, which corroborates her story that she was there when it happened. Right. Come on, come on. He come, he come. What's up, bro? Yeah, they shot by eight times. I heard it. I heard it right over there. I'm like, what the I've seen the track before. Man, bro, the police just shot a little dude over here. Family dollar, man. Yeah, they shot it. Yeah. And then they got the man handcuffed over here, man. They done shot the man. They shot that man from there. The police claim that Jaheem was waving a gun around the family dollar, but the employees of the family dollar including the manager, says that that is untrue. Conveniently, the security cam footage is gone, and the police are apparently refusing to release the body cam footage. This mother lost her child. She deserves answers. Yes, she definitely does. And this is what I mean by, by being impactful and not, being, uh, not misusing your impact not misuse your impact while you're talking about someone who died there's some there's some other instances happening over the nation while you're minimizing a a, a, na a national problem you know uh from this it gathers that um jaheem just came outside from family dollar had his hands up surrendered and they shot him eight times because they said that he had he had um he was armed then after doing that they handcuffed him. He's dead, and they handcuffed him. Where was he going? Then they put him on life support, took him off life support without the mother's approval. Just a lot of things wrong. And then there's witnesses, so that's why I don't understand why it's a deep investigation because clearly clearly, this, this seems kind of cut and dry to me. So um, if you want to read more and keep up with that, there is a hashtag going out, hashtag justice for um, Jaheem, if you want to continue to keep up with, you know, what's going on with that. And they also have a, um, a fund me out to bury him. I think it's up to like $9,000 last time I checked. So um, you can also find that if you put the hashtag in Instagram, that's the only social media site that um, I put the hashtag in. So my heart goes out to the family um as they mourn and all the families that have lost their family members to just senseless senseless shooting by the hands of law enforcement so so yeah before we get into this last um topic which i don't know if it's light but it's kind of lighter than this um i normally don't tell stories like this but i really been following it and you know i'm just i'm, I'm just sick of the senseless um the senseless violence Okay, so we're gonna do the last commercial and then we'll be right back. If you've been wondering how you can help the BYOK platform, wonder no more. Here are three ways that you can support my platform. Number one, share. This is the best option because it's free. All you have to do is press the button, share here, share there. And if you wanna take it a step further, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks in advance. The second thing is we have Kofi, which is a platform where you can donate your matcha tea. Three dollars at the least. Anything, any money that you have um, given into the platform, we thank you and we appreciate it. No amount is too small and of course no amount is too big. And then the third thing, subscribe to our mailing list. Another great thing, 
Also, all of the content that is in the newsletter will not always be posted on social media. As always, thank you for your support and your faith. Be sure to be kind to yourself and yourself. Yay, yay, yay. Listening to um, me in the video, if you are on um if you are on YouTube, please, please, please subscribe. Please hit that like button and that notification button so you can um, be aware of any time that I'm live or I am posting pre-recorded videos. Um, also, you can um, follow me on all social media sites at Being On Kind 24, and you can join our mailing list or our Facebook group. You can find all of that stuff on BeYourOwnKind.com. Okay, we are on to the last subject okay i wasn't gonna mention this but it was just so much on this this is Nicki minaj and lotto so the reason why i'm bringing this up because i feel like it kind of aligns to what i was saying about about gay like being responsible with your platform to be honest i feel like both of them were wrong like both of them were wrong recording conversations um calling lotto a karen and she's looking old i just kind of feel like this could have been settled amicably even in the fact of because nikki is older sometimes you have to bite the bullet even if you do feel wrong to whatever situation was um you are the older person and she's in her 20 so if this is somebody that idolizes you why not be responsible with that however when Lotto, you know, released released her recorded conversation, she kept going, kept going. She attacked her family, and this is when everything just went awry. Now, how did all of this start? Now, mind you, everybody thinks that this started off of what Nikki was saying about the Grammys. However, these two have been subtweeting weeks before that. You know, that, that hashtag is giving coke. That went viral. That was something that Lotto put on there. And um, and Nikki and them, they've been subtweeting for weeks, but I guess enough was enough with this. Um, so, so here is what's going on. So Nikki Minaj has offered up her definition of the term Karen, using it as a derogatory reference to Lotto during a recent spat on Twitter. So Nikki hit up Instagram live in conversation with a podcaster to address her views as they pertain to beef with Lotto that popped off on social media in the late hours of October 13th because don't nobody have nothing else better to do. During the heated back and forth with Lotto, Nikki called Big Energy rapper a Karen twice and is now explaining why she feels that way by implying that Lotto's sweet and innocent demeanor is nothing more than a front. Now, a lot of people would agree with that because if you watched... Um, <sighs> What was that show with Jermaine Dupri? I can't think of it. But if you watch that show um, on Lifetime, what is that? Okay, it's killing me. I got to look it up. What was that Jermaine Dupri show? The, Jermaine, how do you spell Dupri? Dupri um, Lifetime show. Let me see. It was called um, The Rap Game. So if you watch The Rap Game, yeah, Lotto was really bullying the younger kids and the kids that didn't write, you know kind of similar to Nikki. So being a Karen is more than being manipulative and being passive aggressive, says Nikki. Um, this is an example. It's a great example if you think about it. The white people and white women have used it for years, and that's why the term was created. If a white woman living in a white neighborhood sees a black man, and this goes back for years and years, if that woman accuses that black man of doing something, she knows that when that white police officer comes, he's going to arrest the black man because there's already a stereotype of the black man 
being all of these negatives. So she can easily pretend to be innocent and sweet in front of the cop because she knows that the cop don't like that black man either. So what Lotto is saying is, I mean, what Nikki is saying is Lotto is not who she portrays herself to be because in the video, it's such old news. I'm sure most people have seen it circulate now, but in the video um, that she recorded of her, of Lotto's and Nikki's conversation, Lotto was really nice and she was polite while Nikki was going off. But like I was telling a friend earlier, if I am recording somebody, of course, I'm going to be on my best behavior because my whole point of recording is to prove that this person is a maniac and I got good sense. You know, so, of course, if you <laughs> if you know that it's a recording, you're going to be on your best behavior. So I don't know if that was an actual like representation of how she would have acted in, you know, being verbally attacked had she not been recording the conversation you know what i'm saying so um and it was part of the conversation so we don't even know we didn't hear the whole conversation for like full context so that's that's my little opinion on that so nikki continues to say so she could come she could come on the black man's property she can curse she can antagonize people and then she can pretend that she's the sweetest person on the planet that's what being a karen is all about and i'm not speaking about any specific person that's what karens do but you're talking about Lotto. So we see it on the videos all the time. So if you knew you were lying on me right and then got me attacked while you play innocent, that's what Karen's mean. So that's why she called her a Karen, I guess. So um, the affirmation Twitter beef between Nikki and Lotto began last Thursday when Lotto caught astray in the middle of a social media rant from Nikki after it was announced that the Grammy Awards committee excluded her number one charting single, Super Freaky Girl, from the rap category, deeming the song a pop record. Well, here's the thing. If Super Freaky Girl is supposed to be a pop record, so should Big Energy. I don't know. They both sound popish to me. The Queens New York MC explained that in her opinion, Lotto's 2021 hit song, Big Energy, should also be removed from Grammy consideration in the rap category if that's the way the Grammys want to play it. But here's the thing. You cannot tell them what to do with, with the... You cannot tell them what to do and what category to put it in. You know, if you... If you if you put your um put your song or submitted your song in, I don't think you have any control of what they do. And if you do have control over that, then you would take that up with them. And I think I think the fact that Mickey and Lotto was subsweeting each other for weeks, and the fact that she brought up big energy in the tweet in the tweet or twitter or whatever i think that is what caused all of this strife so nikki said i have no problem being moved out of the rap category as long as we are all being treated fairly if super freaky girl has to be moved out of rap then so does big energy anyone who says different is simply a nikki hater or a troll i don't i don't think that would be true i'd actually love to see a more street record win or female I'm just saying right is right. So as we know, um, they went back and forth and back and forth. So that's just a little content of what was going on all weekend. So meanwhile, Variety thought it was a great idea to, to put their two cents in on this. And um, it just it, it just made it go longer. So <laughs> so Variety says Nikki is on the Grammy ballot for rap categories, just not for Super Freaky Girl, which is kind of invalidating what she said. 
So it says the fact that Nicki Minaj, Super Freaky Girl, was shifted out of the Grammys rap categories and into the pop division on a preliminary ballot has nearly resulted in an international incident, given the ensuing publicity and controversy as voting began this week. It certainly resulted in this year's most visible hip-hop feud with the fiery words of um, Nicki and Lotta, which we talked about. Big Energy stayed as a rap contender and was not bounced to pop. So, so the idea, what the implication of this is, they want Lotto to win. So this is why they removed um, Nikki's out of the category. Like that's, that's what she's implying here. And um, Lotto has been getting a lot of um, heat from hip hop artists. If you don't know, like for the BET awards, her song, which nobody heard of, according to my sister, um, won over Gremlin, Kodak Black's Gremlin. Now we know Kodak Black Gremlin is like super huge, super huge. It's still playing on the radio. And that song's been out for a really long time. So Kodak could not understand how he lost to her. So he went on a whole rampage and a, ram, ram, uh, rampage and a couple of other rappers um, were saying how she didn't deserve it and this and that. Yet they didn't receive the same energy as Nikki. I just say, hey, Hey, I get it, but there, I mean, I, I understand the frustration, but if she won, she won. Lotto is just as hardworking as everybody else out there. You know what I'm saying? So she can't control that she would, she can't control the votes. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are just like, you know, the industry, the industry is just setting up for her to win, but she's been out here doing tours. She's been out here, um, doing, um, uh, doing features and all type of stuff like I've been seeing a lot of all summer you know what I'm saying but it says um as you can see I am not on any side I am just giving my opinion on this so but here we go so Grammy voters who received their ballots tell Variety that Minaj is in contention in the best rap performance category for another song of hers do we have a problem which has a featured appearance from Little Baby. The Grammys Rap Screening Committee apparently considered this more of a true hip-hop song and Super Freaky Girl more pop in nature, splitting the difference. She never said that she didn't think Super Freaky Girl was a pop song. She says that Big Energy is also a pop song and not a true hip-hop song. That is what she said. We have to read what people are saying before we jump to conclusions. So it says, do we have a problem was a substantial hit. I do like that song. Do we got a problem? Although not quite as mammoth as Super Freaky Girl, which went number one this summer on the Billboard's Hot 100. Do we have a problem came out in February and soared to number two on that chart. Minaj has already been awarded for it. The problem video won a Best Hip Hop Video Trophy at the MTV Views uh, video Music Awards in August. In fact, Minaj makes several more appearances on the rap part of the Grammy Ballad. Although several are for collaborative songs on which she was considered more of a featured artist and may not have been involved in making the Grammy submissions. So they're going on Blick Blick, a track she shared with Coyla Ray. That was on the ballot for Best uh, Rap Performance and Best Rap Song. Similarly, Loving the Way, a song she did with Blue, is listed among the eligible songs for Best Rap Song and most a melodic rap performance. In both cases, Minaj is listed as a feature artist, not the primary name. Although when these two respective songs came out, she shared top billing rather than taking the feature credit. So 
Um, it says altogether, Minaj appears eight times on the ballot, once in a pop category, twice in a music video, and five times in rap categories. However, the fact that she has other shots at being nominated and winning in the rap division does not alloy her, and others believe that Super Freaky Girl remains her best shot at picking up something, and that its best shot might have been in the far less crowded rap category. So they're thinking it's the opposite instead of them moving her um, out of the moving that song out of the rap category for a lot of the win. They moved her in the pop category so that Nikki could win. This is this is what Variety is saying. Um, it says, however, Minaj's apparent belief that she has bounced out of rap in order to clear path for Lotto's big energy may not entirely hold water. It's not clear at all that Super Freaky Girl and Big Energy ever would have contended in the same category. I disagree with that. They both sound popish. Um, and they both like sample popish songs like super freaky girl pop uh is what rick james and then big energy is mariah carey who is the queen of pop <laughs> uh anyway um because while it's being rumored that super freaky girl was originally submitted by minaj's camp for best rap performance then rejected big energy is not included in that category either the lotto song is on the ballot under the separate category of best melodic rap performance Oh, okay. And here's what it here's where it gets complicated. Lotto does have a song on the ballot for best rap performance, but it's Sunshine, which features uh, with features of Lil Wayne and Childish Gambino. I like that song, Sunshine on Me. Lotto also appears in that category for two songs on which she was featured artist Man Your Business by LaKea and Booty by Saucy Santana. And I did love Lotto verse on that. So while there is a Nicki versus Lotto showdown potentially looming in the rap performance category, it will be for Do We Have a Problem versus Sunshine and was never destined to be a um, Super Freaky Girl versus Big Energy matchup. Got all that? Uh, yeah, I did. The irony here, perhaps, amid the <laughs> Minaj Lotto flip, is that neither of them would be considered a runaway, a runaway front runner in the rap performance category in the face of Kendrick Lamar's The Heart Part 5 being on the ballot there. Lamar has 14 Grammys under his belt, five of which were for best rap performance. So they're saying all this arguing is for nothing because they may not even get it. So on top of the affirmation song entries in rap categories, Lotto has 777 entered for the best rap album. Minaj did not have an album released this year with the four tracks she has in contention, all being one-offs or appearing on collaborators' album. I get what everybody is saying in this. Um, <clears throat> that does make sense. However, Nikki can still feel how she wants to feel about it. <laughs> you know, um, everyone is like, well, I don't understand why she feel. Here's the thing. Lotto can feel how she wants to feel about it. Nikki can feel how she wants to feel about it. Here is the thing. There are a lot of artists that wish that they could have been nominated. So I think that's just a slap in the face to the people that, you know, worked hard and didn't even get a nomination. They they submitted their work and they weren't in any category. Um, but because they were in any category, I see what Nikki is saying that, you know, um, that equality is kind of lopsided with the Grammy Academy. But it, but according to her, it's always been that way. Um, I do believe she does deserve a Grammy just for her hard work just for her hard work and her breaking barriers into pop and, you know, and um, brand deals. And like Nikki, Nikki really, you know, she set a bar. She set a bar. So I do think she was, deserves a Grammy no matter what the heck the song is. But I do understand what she's saying. So 
Um, she did not like what Variety said, which is why we read through that. This there was a method to my madness. So Nikki says the Grammys gaslit her audience. She also stated that her songs "Do We Have a Problem" and "Blick Blick" are not nominations, only submissions. They're telling me to see the previous post. Um. Oh, here it is. Let me get to the right one. Sorry, y'all can't see what I see. So, um, courtesy of Mob's World or Mob Radio. Nicki Minaj said, this is for um, Variety. This is gaslighting, gaslighting at its finest. And even when I responded to this post, specifically the shade room is not posting that part of my life. This is done constantly to make people look crazy. So she's like, y'all just out here to make me look crazy. So the shade room says, don't count her out. Nicki Minaj had an internet internet in shambles last week when she called out the grammys for moving her hit super freaky girl from the rap category to pop and it looks like the stunt may have gotten their attention according to a recent report from variety which we just read grammy voters who received their ballots reportedly say that nikki is in contention in the best rap performance category for another song of hers the song in question is her single do we have a problem um, and the bop dropped in February and landed in number two on the Billboard chart. The Queen isn't done yet. Variety also reports she will make several more appearances on the rap part of the Grammy Ballad for collaborative songs. She says, this is Nicki Minaj, as in she, the Grammy is having blogs post that Variety article to distract you from the fact that Super Freaky Girl was unfairly moved from the rap category while other poppy rap songs remain in the rap category. They're having blog posts that I pulled a stunt and that it worked because do we have a problem is being submitted in rap categories. But what does Super Freaky Girl have to do with that? And I agree. This does not invalidate what she said about that song. So instead of putting that song back, they just put a whole nother song on there just to shut her up. So this is what she's saying. So, um, yeah, yeah. So Nikki is just telling us, like, basically, don't don't believe the hype. So um, she did have something to say. We're going to get into this. And then I want to get into um, a topic kind of close to this, like about all of this arguing on Twitter. And why everybody is getting sick of it. But here we go with Nikki saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, it'd be Anne Condor's rap. Right. Right. After you and the boss say, Nick, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. <laughs> never forget that. And never will. So, but listen to this, Mackie. Instead of the Grammys coming out and simply saying, we are not going to change our decision because we honestly don't get it, they said, well, we're not going to respond to why we moved Super Freaky Girl into a pop category. We're just going to tell all the Black people and the hip-hop culture that, well, Nikki is nominated in the rap category. She's now, she's nominated in the rap category for Do We Have a Problem? She's nominated in the rap category for Blick Blick. By the way, these are not nominations, y'all. So this is another way that they're gaslighting y'all. These are not nominations. These are songs that record companies submit to be a nomination. Okay. I was talking about Super Freaky Girl, yet the Grammys have not responded about Super Freaky Girl. They've only gaslit y'all into directing your attention to, do we have a problem? 
what does do we have a problem have to do with super freaky girl? Nothing. I'll say that again. What does do we have a problem have to do with super freaky girl? The answer is nothing. So I go on there and there are women saying, oh yeah, she begged. She she made a big deal, so they just gave it to I know y'all not talking about the best of all time, Nicki Minaj. I know y'all not thinking about who peed in a Grammy. Like who spoke against the Grammy many times? So many men have, you know. Whether it was uh, Kanye, whether it was Dre, who said, "No, why are you putting Hotline Blade in a rap category?" And they still continue to nominate him. Yeah. No one said anything. He actually won a Grammy. The year that um Ye peed in his Grammy, he won a Grammy for his uh his uh his uh album. You know, he stood up for what he believed in and he was right. He took the right stance, you know. Um, because he's like, Why would you put me in a rap category and take away an award from rappers when Hotline Bling is not a rap song, right? So Moral of the story is this. They just gaslit my fans, Mac, into telling them, well, she is, oh, do we have a problem in the rap category? So, um, yeah. So, therefore, we're supposed to say, forget about the, the reason she spoke about this at all. And let's just say, oh, thanks for putting... For calling, do we have a problem? Rap Grammys, thank you. Like, y'all, come on. We got to start acting smarter. We have to start reading to understand and to comprehend. So this week, it'd be, yeah, it'd be Anaconda's rap, right? Right. So um, I agree with her because I just said that before she said that. Um, it doesn't really solve or address what she was saying. Um, and so she feels, and we'll get to Nikki because I don't need to speak for Nikki because she loves the social media. She says it was done to decrease my chances of winning awards for Super Freaky Girl. It was done to remove me from the category that they don't want competition in. They are all scared to death of the success of that song and thought it would be super easy for them like it's been for the last few years. But Super Freaky Girl is such a global smash. Certain members are afraid to keep it in the competition that song is big i do hear that song all the time and that's going to be on commercials and all that's a commercialized song commercialized a commercialized song so um you know i understand i understand what she's saying and i get what she's saying that doesn't address what what she was actually saying you know so um they are just they just pretty much threw her in there it's like shut up but they still didn't move the super freaky girl out of that category so what are your thoughts on that i mean it's just it's just a lot but i wasn't going to get into what the two said because that's been the weekend thing so um what i feel that would um make nikki or lotto look better especially nikki if she when she calms down if she reached out to lotto and they had a non-recorded unrecorded <laughs> conversation and she just you know take responsibility for her part 
you know, and reach out because I think you, you're not, you never should be too old or too young to reach out to somebody when you just went out of pocket and you know that this girl looks up to you and you're in your forties. And when you're older, you have a responsibility to reach back. You know, when she was in her 20s, if it wasn't for an, an older person reaching out to her and calming her down with her attitude, you know, she wouldn't be where she is. So it comes a point when you're 40 that you reach back out to Lotto and you explain your point of view and maybe we could have been about it another way. Like, I just feel like that's the bigger thing to do. Even if they did a live because this was all publicly, if they went live and actually hashed it out like she did with JT, why not do that for Lotto? If it's if it's just about that and it's not about what everybody's saying, it is jealousy and stuff, why can't they have a conversation? This is also how I feel about Cardi and Nikki. How powerful would it be if those two actually got on the live and hashed it out? Because what is it all about? A song that came out years ago? When did Motorsport come out? You know what I'm saying? Um, what happened with the not on... Um, Cardi, that that was Raleigh. You know what I'm saying? Like, how powerful would it be if the ladies just settled it? If Nikki and Cardi, who are the top, like they're so influential, if they would just settle it, then maybe the girls underneath them won't feel the stress of having to pick a side. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the problem. Like, the girls like both of them, but they're trying to pick us. They they don't know what to do. They're trying to pick a side because they don't want the Barty gang. And like, I just think this is all ridiculous. And I think that, I think that they're more mature and older. You know, I feel like they're, they're old enough to just, to just hash it out. And then you don't have to, here's the thing. When you are reconciling and you're forgiving someone, that doesn't mean you go hold hands and skip in the valley, but it does mean that we have a mutual understanding and that we can coexist in the same space for the sake of peace. For the sake of peace. And over the last couple of weeks, all you seeing is um seeing is one female coming at the other, another female coming at the other, and it's not even in the music. It's all on on Twitter. Like if you put it in the music, it would be more understandable. That's what Akbar decided to do. But I'm just saying, like, I just don't understand what <laughs> what what is the end goal? What what is this all about? So I do have a um an article that talked about feuds, but I'm not even going to get into that. What I want to say is keep it in the music, but this stuff shouldn't be personal. It should just be business. And it just seemed like with, with all of these feuds online, that it's all personal, that it's all personal. And we're saying we want to look strong as a unit, as women, sisterhood, and this and that. And I made a point before I, before I leave, I just want to make a point. We have Megan Thee Stallion, who is not in any of this, but who has almost broken down in SNL. She said that she's stressed out. You know, um, she's fighting mental health. She's missing her family. She's going through a lawsuit. Why, why is there no commodity of everybody reaching out to her instead of all of this crazy stuff? Because she's a woman and she's going through something, where is the support there? Where is the support? This girl is drowning and she has said she is drowning. Yeah, we're arguing back and forth. And I'm not saying people are not valid to post whatever they want to post, but there should be some type of collective, some type of girls night, some type of all the female rappers sending love out to Megan. Or what she, I think Lotto was the only one I saw. It could have been others, but Lotto was the only person I saw on Twitter that was like, you know, we rocking with you. We're with you. Where is that for her? No matter how you feel about her, the fact that she's a woman and she's a black woman and you can and you can resonate with her struggle 
as being a black woman, where is the support there? We can't talk sisterhood and we can't talk love if we picking and choosing who we love and who we're connecting with. Love is no respect of persons. If I rock, if even if we're we're just associates, if I see that you're hurting, as your sister, it's my responsibility to to talk to you and make sure you're okay. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what's missing in a sister. That's what's missing with these upcoming female rappers. That's what's missing with the upcoming male rappers because they be arguing too. Don't think that that's not just because they're not highlighted don't mean they don't be doing little snags online either and i think i I think that it's hard for me to kind of adjust to this because when i was there was no social media and no twitter when i was growing up you know if you if somebody had a problem with somebody it's beef it's in the song we knew that Pac and biggie didn't get along because they released songs saying they didn't get along we knew that jay-z and nas didn't get along because it was in the music even when N.W.A., it was in the music. It was in the music. They kept it in the music. So whatever happened outside, we didn't know about it until maybe later or, unfortunately, with the, the unnecessary death of Biggie and Tupac. You know what I'm saying? We didn't find all that out till later. You know, so I just I just kind of feel with the pandemic and everything that's going on, it's just time out for that because there are people out there hurting and you have a platform and you have people that are following you and, and that are looking up to you and that needs encouragement, but we're just stuck on stuff that don't matter. So that is my soapbox talk. (laughs) So I just wish that I just think that those are my two suggestions. If Lotto and Nikki can hash it out, on um live that would be perfect if even nikki and cardi can just come to some type of middle ground middle ground like girls you can love both of us if one of them can just say that you know i I think this whole you gotta like nikki you gotta like cardi would end but that's the thing do they want that cardi and nikki would have to want that so i get it if it's entertaining if it's in the songs i get that but this stuff is starting to seem personal this is not business. This this is all looking personal for me. So um, that's all I have to say about that. And I know I know that's the nature of hip hop beefing and going back and forth. But what makes it part of hip hop is if it's in the song. That's all I'm saying. So um, it is midnight. It's morning. We're gonna let it go. Okay. <laughs> it is morning. It is midnight, y'all. And I got to go to bed. (laughs) But I thank you for spending time with me. I will be back tomorrow with some more topics. Always trying to put personal development in there somewhere. So hopefully you caught a nugget. Hopefully you caught a nugget. And if you are on YouTube, I'm going to say it again. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Hit the notification button. And you can follow me on Kind 24 everywhere. And if you want to join our mailing list, we have a store. We got some stuff going on on the website. Um, beyourownkind.com. And until tomorrow, have a wonderful day and be sure to be kind to yourself and each other. Bye.